it's time. Landeskog turned it over to Horvat, right to the slot, Pedersen scores! Is there anything this kid can't do? For Locked On Canucks. Now Pedersen out the right wing side, saucer pass, left circle, Besser shoots and scores! It was good that Brock Lesnar got a goal. You got a journalism for that! The kids continue to get it done with Justin Morissette. He's a weird dude, yeah. It's good to have weird dudes. Resident Weird Dude back at it again. It is your Locked On Canucks for Saturday, April the 11th, 2021. My name is Justin Morissette, and this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Now, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, I strongly recommend going back and doing that. I talked to Jackson McDonald last night for nearly an hour, which, of course, means that it had to be split up into a couple of episodes here. Uh, A really fun conversation, lots of laughs. We talked a lot yesterday about Tanner Pearson and this contract and, and why people are freaking out about it so much, even though on its face it's not all that bad. Uh, we pick up here with uh, some more just flabbergasting quotes from Jimbo's uh, press availability on Friday. But uh, getting this episode to you a little bit later than I was planning to here on Saturday afternoon. And it's good, actually, that it is coming out later because I now know more than I would have if I'd put this out this morning as far as the Canucks return to play. They're going to be back in action this coming Friday night against the Edmonton Oilers playing a back-to-back. Uh, Edmonton on Friday, Toronto on Saturday. 19 games in 30 days. It's basically four games a week the entire stretch until the season is done. It's going to be absolutely wild to force a team that is coming off of a COVID outbreak to play this many games and uh, push themselves physically the way this is going to. But hey, that's what we're doing. I'll talk to you about it more on Monday's show. But in the meantime, here's more from Jackson McDonald. Um, One of the funniest things, though, to me, which when I heard it, uh, I just about fell out my chair. I I did yell out loud, Oh my god! Oh man. Completely unprompted. When talking about his plans for the next two years and how he plans to uh, you know, bring in some players on the cheap and, and build out his team, one of the names that he mentioned, Jackson, as far as... In fact, the only name that he mentioned specifically that they intend to bring in over the next two years is Nikita Triamkin. And, look, I liked Triamkin at the time. I I had a good time watching him that year. Uh, But he was also a sideshow in a lost season, you know? Uh, (laughs) Like, Stefan and Paul Heck bought matching Triamkin jerseys, partly as a joke, (laughs) partly, like, to put their support behind a guy who was kind of getting jerked around a little bit by the organization in his rookie year. He was Mm -hmm. alienated. It was no surprise that he eventually went back to Russia. But what did he do in Russia? Not a lot. Like this, he's been, not a time. He's yeah. been okay this season, but in years previous, the last several, he has not. He's barely been a KHL player. Never mind an NHL mm-hmm. player. To bring him up right now as part of your future plans for your competitive window is like uh, to continue to insist that Guillaume Brisebois is an important part of your future at this point, right? Like, okay, think but about, in fairness, think about but in Bach fairness, screaming about Brisebois. That's the same yeah. era that Trampkin was around. That's the okay, same thing. Okay, but in thing. fairness, if Jim Benning brought up Guillaume Brisebois tomorrow as a like 
plan for what they're going to do in the future, would it surprise you at all? No, but it would be funny. So, it would be just as funny <laughs> as mentioning Trampkin. Yeah. So this sort of getting this is sort of what I'm getting at is that like you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so funny. Like, how's the how's like the list of guys who are gonna fix the defense changed since 2016? Like, I genuinely don't think it has. I I feel like it's just like okay, we're still, well, we're still waiting on you, Levy. Is, yeah, the good news is uh, only you, Levy. Uh, nope. Uh, well, we got Jalen Chat. Uh, nope. Uh, well, Guillaume Breit. Nope. Uh, well, Jalen Chat. Nope. Uh, well, Nikita Tramp. Nope. Uh, well, how about only you, Levy? Nope. Uh, nah. <laughs> And then you just start cycling through them again and hoping that it's as somebody with like ADHD and a terrible memory, I would genuinely just watch this and I'm like, oh, they just think we have ADHD and that if they say five things, we'll forget what the first one was by the time they get to the fifth one. Mm -hmm. And honestly, yeah, it works pretty well. <laughs> like it, it's worked really well for it worked really well for like five of these seven years. So why like why would he change at yeah. this point like he hasn't been you know if 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 he hasn't done enough to get fired by now I, i'm i don't know what it's going to take but yeah. it certainly certainly is not uh there is certainly not an amount of money that they could spend on like a, an amount of bad money that they could spend or an amount of losing they could do that would get him fired yeah, he which are the two things that you would think are the most likely to result in a firing and they haven't. So like I, I, I am forced to conclude that there is something else keeping Jim Benning in his position. I don't know what it is and I'm, I don't want to get, get into conspiracy well, theory peddling because I'm so prone to it. Can I, but yeah, please go ahead. Can I, I think the only explanation at this point, uh, because it feels like Jim could really go full Costanza on Steinbrenner with the yes. Yankees at this point and survive it. Uh, like the only explanation can be like, look back to the final uh, years of, of the Mike Gillis era where uh, I like uh, the, where you're going the with team this. started to make uh, uncharacteristic moves to Mike's overarching philosophies. Essentially they, they, they started to break character. They did things that you would not ascribe to the Gillis brand of hockey. Well, why were they doing that? It's largely been sort of confirmed over the years that Francesco was calling the shots. And if Mike wanted to keep his job, he had to go along with them. Yeah. Now, what have we seen here over the last seven years of the Benning regime? We've seen that anybody who says no, anybody who objects to stupid strategy, anyone who says this is a bad idea, we shouldn't do this, gets uh, the knife in their back. And it doesn't matter how popular they are. It doesn't matter if they're the most beloved player in franchise history. It just simply doesn't matter who you are. If you say no to this person, you will not survive it. And do I think Jim Benning is the kind of guy who likes being an NHL GM so much that he's going to allow his owner to continue to call the shots and make signings and uh, essentially be uh, a Jerry Jones-style owner GM? It's a conspiracy, certainly. But don't you think all of the pieces point to that being the case in some way? I think it's a very reasonable conclusion to come to, yeah. I think, honestly, the pretty much the entire like history of the Vancouver Canucks post- uh, the Aquilini's acquiring the team might maybe might be best understood through the lens of like this is a fiefdom 
given to the one man in the family who had a real, you know, connection to the team that, that, that was like a fan of the team and that also could not be trusted to handle any of the legitimate businesses. Um, I honestly think that like just in general across the sports world, when it comes to the organizational like philosophy that informs the product on the ice ownership doesn't get nearly enough attention like um and i'm i'm glad that it's coming back onto the radar in this city because it it just the the aquilinis should just be under a microscope like regardless of uh of hockey but Mm -hmm. i'm i'm totally happy if hockey is gonna be the thing that uh that that puts them under the microscope but yeah i mean i it's like I said, I, I just don't like to I don't like to put things out uh, that people might interpret as, as being like the gospel truth, because obviously I don't know any yeah. of these people. Look, I and, just entirely floated. That, but... Everything that I just said was entirely speculative, mm-hmm. but yeah. there's reason to believe that it is true. You know, prove me wrong. Because that's what I that's what I say to this. Yeah. Like if you if you think that 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 this is uh total hokum, then prove it. Eventually, Mike had enough, right? He went out and he gave that presser. Uh, He went on TSN 1040 and he said, we're going to get back to the Gillis brand. We're going to do things my way again. He was gone a week later. You know, as much as it was the fans chanting fire Gillis, it was really him saying, I've had enough of letting this idiot make mistakes under my name. We're going to do things my way again. And he immediately got turfed. So, you know, to quote Matt Sakaris, tell me I'm wrong. And we'll get back to that in just a second, but you may have heard that I uh, have gone through a bit of a health ordeal over the last several months and am uh, on the mend right now. Part of that recovery process has involved going to physio quite a lot. I have physio appointments uh, multiple times a week, uh, a little early in the morning. I don't always wake up in time to have a nice breakfast and start my day off right before I have to go to the gym and really uh, get to work on uh, rebuilding my leg here. This is real. This is real. I don't always have time for breakfast, but what I do have time for on my way out the door before I head to physio is a Built Bar. And you might be wondering, what is that? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I have the sampler box in my home right now. That is uh, not just a slogan. That is the truth. These things are covered in chocolate uh, and are soft and easy to chew. They are delicious as well. Just listen to some of these flavors. Uh, Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, personal favorite of mine, that one right there. The lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, peanut butter brownie. Uh, The list goes on. Salted caramel, raspberry. It is one thing to uh, try to ascribe a name to a flavor of a health product like this. It's another thing to actually live up to the promise of those names, and I can tell you uh, that the peanut butter brownie tastes exactly what you would want a peanut butter brownie bar to taste like. These things are delicious. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat at the same time. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Great for the keto diet, and if you want to try them, I want to help you do that. Uh, All you have to do is head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Just use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I think another another 
thing that I would like to enter into the file is the just nearly insane degree to which this team has chased players with name recognition, Mm -hmm. regardless of actual performance. Yeah. It's like Like, doing a hockey pool, uh, with, with your work basically. Absolutely. Oh, I've heard of that guy. And and someone tries to draft Paul Korea, despite the fact he's been retired for like a decade, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's, it feels very like there are a lot of moves that really feel like a guy who doesn't really follow hockey or, or isn't, or like a casual fan rather, I shouldn't say someone who doesn't follow hockey, but like a casual fan just building a roster on NHL 14 and like specifically NHL 14 too. There's, there's the names like (laughs) Sven Berchi, Tyler Myers, Emerson Edom, Nikolai Goldobin. Yeah. Like it's just, it's all guys who were really, really good in, in NHL 14. Who had had like a 90 level potential in NHL 14. Yes. It reminds me of those, um, this is, this is like a, (laughs) you can cut this if you want, because it's a really fucking like out there, uh, analogy, but like, do you remember when Charlie Sheen had his giant public meltdown and one of the stories that came out was that he would, um, sleep with porn stars and watch the, their porn while he was sleeping with them and like, just like. Acted out. Yes. That's like, it feels like that's what Aqualini does with his hockey team. Is it's just like, I'm going to play, I'm going to play NHL 14, but and- with my real team. And I, and the, and the thing is, is that he can do that because especially right now when there's no fans in the building, yeah. there is no way to hold him accountable for the product on the ice because the only thing like the, the only real like revenue that they have is like, you know, merch sales and TV and this stuff doesn't like the fans just don't have a way to, to like voice their displeasure right now in any meaningful way. And so it, it doesn't really surprise me that for Francesco, he's probably just looking at this and just being like, okay, I, I gotta I gotta keep the taps on or whatever and I'm not gonna make money anyway, so I'm just gonna keep uh keep doing things the way I've been doing them until, you know, like I, I think he's just uh just pretty honestly, like like a lot of rich guys are, I think he he's just totally alienated from and and out of touch with like what people think. Um Yeah. I'm... and he just he's just doing what he wants to do because he can. What I don't think he realizes, though, uh, certainly with you know no no fans in the stands, and I don't even know that he would realize this entirely, even if there were fans in the stands, is mm-hmm. how you just said the word alienating. Um, how alienating this entire era has been for people who have supported this team for their entire lives. And I know there are people out there right now who are are you know. <laughs> lecturing people on feeling upset and telling people go pick a different team if you hate this management group so much um there there was a take that circulated earlier in the week about how it feels like some people never want the pandemic to end because they like being the best at following the rules oh 100 percent. it feels also like there are people in this city who never want the benning era to end because never raising a single concern or complaint throughout an entire era of just awful hockey teams year over year over year never complaining ever about that makes them 
the the best fans, capital T, the capital B best, capital F fans. Like they want to lord over you that they've never given up when I'm sorry, that just makes you a moron, essentially. Like there's nothing to be proud of. And it's entirely anecdotal to say that this is doing genuine brand damage to the team, but it's impossible not to feel that way. Look around, look at the people that you used to talk about hockey with. Literally. Sorry, but I I I gotta get I gotta get this out. They are also literally the only team whose value has gone down uh, over. I mean, I'm sure uh, I'm sure now with the pandemic that that's not the case. But like between like 2010 up until the point in the pandemic, every NHL's team like dollar value had gone up except for the Canucks. It went down. Yeah, and anecdotally, look around you. Uh, think about the way you used to engage with hockey when you be- became a Canucks writer, Jackson. I know mm-hmm. a lot of your friends now work in Canucks media, but do you really talk about the Canucks that much with your friends who don't work in hockey media? Never. Almost they, never. Yeah, because they all checked out. They don't care exactly. anymore, and that doesn't make them bandwagoners. It makes them uh, not masochists, people who value their own time in a way that you and I clearly do not, right? Like, Well, yeah, and, and I mean, who really, like, who has done more to keep the conversation about the Canucks, keep people interested in the Canucks in some way than guys like us. Like, I I don't, I'm not trying to like, um, I'm trying to puff myself up or anything, but it's like, you know, I have covered this team through some of the leanest years in their history. And I found things to talk about. I've found things to, to, I've found ways to entertain people on a podcast for 70 episodes, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, Obviously, I've benefited from it in, in some ways, but like I, I don't think anybody benefits from that like more than the Vancouver Canucks because ultimately, no press is bad press, right? Yeah. People are talking as long as people are talking about you, you, uh, you're at least you know, hatred is better than apathy. I guess. And like, especially in this city, a lot of Canucks fans are able to stay engaged through their just like sheer anger and frustration and you know when i hear people say things like well if you don't like the management team or you don't like the team just go be a fan of another team Mm -hmm. i literally we literally have a friend who works for the seattle kraken now we also have a friend who works for the vancouver uh the vancouver canucks but like hearing about how they're um building their front office and their organization and their and their general philosophy and like not just hiring um people for their jobs who are incredibly qualified, but also trying to like hire a diverse cast of people in, in so many different ways, like diverse in terms of their expertise, diverse in terms of their education, but also diverse in terms of like the things that make hockey, like the other things that make hockey really alienating, like how white it is, how male it is. Like, yeah. Um, I, when I hear like, well, if you don't like the Vancouver Canucks, like, why don't you just become an, a, a fan of another team? Um, there's another team that is about to get like airlifted into the same part of the world as this team uh, that has had like a monopoly on this geographic area for 50 years, certainly my entire life. Right. Like who's to say that they won't like who give me a good reason not to become a Seattle Kraken fan next year, man, even as I mean, I have a good reason because I'm, I'm a bit more than a fan because I do still have this, uh, tenuous link to the media mm-hmm. but uh i you know i i think somebody somebody who uh, has less of an investment than me 
why wouldn't they just become a fan of the Seattle Kraken? Who fucking cares? Nobody, most people who engage with sports don't care about your stupid made up like fan identity politics. I get to be the best at loving a crap team that doesn't give a shit about me. Like, why am I supposed to respect that? Uh, to me, it just shows me that you're a sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I want to tell you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. It is updated real-time with odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And honestly, even as someone who does work in the media, uh, you know, having the um, uh, unfortunate time away that I did and, and being in recovery for as long as I was and sort of feeling removed from my media job, this has been a tough season for me to get back into, to re-engage oh, yeah. my Canucks brain. Because as I try to do it, every other part of my brain that is not Canuckified or, you know, Joker-fied, maybe, is the case may be, <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. uh, is telling me, don't do this. This is a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. This brings mm -hmm. you no pleasure. Why are you... I'm feeling the pull of apathy hard this year, and the only thing that kept me going was the promise of that one week in February where all signs pointed to Jim being done. And I am talking about yep. the people who are extremely tapped in on this team. Your Elliot Friedmans, your Satyar Shahs, all indicating that by the end of this week the determination will be made on Jim Benning and it won't be good, essentially. Um, whether that move comes now or at the end of the season when they no longer have to pay two people to do the same job or whatever, uh, that is, that's been the one guiding light kind of pulling me through this otherwise wretched season that I am actively disassociating in front of as it plays out before my eyes, you know? like, And to have that rug ripped away from me I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. You, uh, you of all people, have been making the uh, the Lucy with the football metaphor. What did we, as a media, expect other than this as well? Right? Like, uh, it's just, man, I can't do this anymore. I cannot put myself through this for a decade. It's insane. It's literally insane that anyone would want to continue doing this with this man at the helm. No one can feel any amount of market confidence or hope that the future is going to pan out well when we know what this looks like. Like, yes, the conditions that Jim has had to work in with a very involved uh, owner are not ideal, but Jim himself has also demonstrated that he is not the man, he is not the brain, he yeah, is not the exactly. mind to navigate this, you know? Um, look at what the Toronto Maple Leafs are doing right now with Lawrence Gilman helping them do it and compare mm -hmm. that to what the Canucks are doing. I don't, e I don't even mean in terms of the rosters that they've assembled. I just mean in terms of the way they operate, the way they pour over the rules to find every last loophole. Mike Gillis used to do that. Lawrence Gilman used to do that here. Do you think that Jim Benning is doing that? No, because he came out and admitted today that, well, Tanner's agent thought he was going to get 3.25 if he hit the open market, so that's what we had to give him. What the fuck? How could you say... How could you admit that out loud? How do you have a job right now? What? Like, 
Come on! He is a man who who wants what he wants and will do what he has to do to get it. And a man who, on the occasions when he succeeds, uh, or a bad bet that he makes pays off, instead of being able to see that that has been the exception to the rule and that he got lucky... Uh, he, it's, it's when prophecy fails shit. It's just like, Oh, the, the, the thing, the bad decision-making process that I use worked this time. That's proof that it, uh, that it will work again. Um, and, and that's why, like, to me, the, uh, a move like, like JT Miller or, uh, Marcus Grandland <laughs> even is like even more frustrating than the bad ones because you, you just know, like, you know, Jake Vertanen has a two goal game and now the, 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 uh, you know, uh, we were thinking about trading him, but, uh, call us in a week when he sucks again, Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. like it, it is, I, I, I've said it before and I say it again, people who think Jim Benning is a good general manager watched uncut gems and thought the point of it was that Howard Ratner is good at gambling. Like, but the, but the real difference here is that there is not going to be a big, like dramatic comeuppance where some, where the main character has to face the consequences for, uh, his slew of stupid decisions. It's just going to, it's going to continue on until it fizzles out. And the, 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 the really frustrating thing about all of this is that even if you try to find the silver lining it just leads you down a road where there's even more questions like uh, the thing that i keep coming back to as my uh, my like optimistic take or whatever is you know maybe these moves are really just being made by francesco and the plan really is still to axe Jim Benning and hopefully replace him with someone more qualified or more or just better suited for the job or whatever. But then the conclu- the then immediately the next place you have to go to is well wait, wait 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 hold on that means that the owner has just been running the team as the general manager essentially for the past year and this is the shit he's prioritizing. So clearly he's not like you, you okay you fix the general manager problem and you replace them with a better better general manager but why should i believe that we won't just continue to have these same problems with a different general manager mm-hmm. like yeah okay we might have a guy who's a little bit better at understanding that you shouldn't pay guys who are 100 years old and made out of glass all the money in the world but the root of the problem hasn't changed so i mean yeah if you're um if you're feeling hopeless today, uh, I, I, I guess I have a podcast I can recommend to you. But other than that, I don't have many answers for you. Yeah, and really all I have to add now to uh, to wrap it up here, I had a pretty good discussion um, with Brandon Mackey of, uh, you know, a guy in the Ottawa media not that long ago mm-hmm. last month, uh, comparing uh, the team situation and, and, and the ownership situation as well and all i can say right now in this exact moment is say what you will about eugene melnick he at least doesn't try to manage the team himself he's doing that right woof that is uh how to damn someone with faint praise eh my god (sighs) yeah anyway uh jackson (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm feeling great, by the way. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm living it up. I'm, uh, I've, I honestly think today is maybe the best I've felt like since the beginning of the pandemic, because honestly, it was very anxiety-inducing uh, to to watch the team play the way they did last uh, spring and be like, "Oh fuck, was I just wrong about everything?" And now I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no." no. <laughs> I, I I was right. It's okay. All is right with the world again. Um, hopefully one day there's uh, some way out of this nightmare. <laughs> yeah, uh, and hopefully it involves fans in the building uh, chanting for heads on pikes, essentially, because that seems to be the only thing that works around here. So, Oh, uh, if I can put in a last-minute plug, too. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, uh, Please listen to Roxy Fever. Please listen to the episode that comes out that will be coming out at, at the beginning of this week. And if you're listening to this before Sunday evening, that is uh, the evening of Sunday, the 11th of April. Um, if you happen to be listening before Sunday evening, please, if you're upset about this stuff, give us a call at 778-819-1451 and uh, make your voice heard because uh, this is, you know, as you can probably tell, guys like uh, me and Justin, we don't know what to say anymore. Um, I would like to hear there's, what you guys have There's no new conversations left to have about this guy. We just keep exactly. pouring over the same crap over and over and over again. Um, and it's it's, yeah, it's... It's infuriating. Six years, man. Six years I've been out on this guy. Six years. A six-year enragement. It is, not, uh, it is not healthy. It's not healthy for anybody. It's not healthy for this market. It's not healthy for this franchise. Something's got to be done. I don't know what, but hey, guess what? That's not my job either. So <laughs> I can just yeah, complain. And, That's what I'm paid to do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about the effect of uh, – this on our mental health, we got went the entire episode without even mentioning the COVID outbreak. Yeah. So this is this is also happening on top of gestures at everything vaguely, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So in this way, it's been kind of nice, I guess, to uh, take a mental vacation to the way I used to suffer before this pandemic started. <laughs> exactly. <at all>. Yes. <laughs> Oh, the nostalgia. Yeah. Remember when this was the only thing I was mad about? <laughs> well, Jackson. Wow, it was nice talking to you, Justin. Yeah, thanks, man. A pleasure as always. Thank you. There it is. That's the show. I want to thank Jackson McDonald for being so generous with his time. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed it. Even though it was very depressing, we managed to, I think, have some good laughs uh, in this, uh, this troubling time. And uh, there is hockey on the horizon, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Canucks get back at it this Friday night against the Edmonton Oilers. Seems a little soon to me. We'll see what kind of conditioning they are in. The practice facility opens again for players to get their legs under them, get their lungs back, as it were, on Sunday this weekend. So they should have a full five days of training before they are back in action. But as I said, we will dig into this 
this week, or I should say next week at this point, this coming Monday, uh, and through the week as well, now that we are back as a weekly, daily show. I am glad to be back. I think you can hear that in my voice. I'm so happy to have you with me as well. do want to ask you, uh, if you enjoy the show, tell people about it, that it's back, or uh, head on over to the iTunes store maybe, leave me a review if you're so inclined. Until Monday, when we're back to do this all over again, however, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Work.